Hey guys, I'm Pastor Jason Shirley. I'm the associate pastor right here at Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. And I'm really excited that you have joined us today online. Just a couple of things. I want you to drop us a line if you're watching wherever in the world and let us know where you're watching from. We would love to hear from you. Second, if you want to partner with us today in a financial way, then you can give by texting 84321 and just text your amount, or you can go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, and you can click the Give tab and give that way. The last thing today is that if you have any needs or anything like that that we can partner with you on, then drop us a line and send us that, and we're going to partner with you in prayer. I believe today is going to be a wonderful day. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Word of God today, and always remember that God is madly in love with you. Let's get to the service. Today we're talking about the cross, and, uh, and we're wrapping up our series on the cross, and the cross means redemption. You know, in this series, we've talked about how the cross means peace with God. We've talked about how the cross means salvation and, and being in the process of walking out our salvation or in the process of, of being saved. Um, you know, the scripture says that the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those that are being saved, it is the power of God. We talked about that. We talked last week that the cross means healing. And Pastor Daniel brought uh, an incredible message about healing and that healing is ours according to the price that Jesus paid for us. We're going to close this out today and we're going to talk about redemption and what this really means in our everyday life. What does it mean to be redeemed and that we have redemption in Christ. And so I want to open in prayer today and then we'll jump right in. Father God, we thank you for today. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is spirit to us. God, we thank you that your word is life to us. We thank you today that you have given us every answer that we need contained in the pages of the Bible. And so today I ask you that you use my voice today to not speak my words, but God to speak your words that no one's faith would stand in the wisdom of a man, but in the power of God. And as Paul said, I come today not with excellence of speech and not in my own knowledge and my own wisdom, but today I stand knowing one thing, Jesus Christ and him crucified. God, we give you thanks today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The word redemption has, has two meanings, and, and I'm going to talk about the first, the first one first, all right? Redemption means to purchase. Redemption means to purchase. And so, you know, a lot of times, we were at Dave & Buster's uh, this week for, um, for spring break. And actually, we went to Dave & Buster's twice. We went to Dave & Buster's in El Paso, and we went to Dave & Buster's in Nashville. And, um, and I have to say that I think the Dave & Buster's, even though there's bowling in Nashville, I think it's better in El Paso. The atmosphere is cooler. I don't know. Anyway, but Nashville's nice. All right. Um, but at Dave & Buster's, um, you get points or tickets on a, on a card. And then at the end, when you've racked up all this stuff, you can go in and redeem the things that you've earned for a prize. Now... At Dave & Buster's, you buy $50 worth of tokens, you win some tickets, and you walk around, or your kids, they walk around for like 45 minutes so they can pick out like a 25-cent rubber ball or, right? It's just the way it is. I'm like, I will buy you that if we can leave. But it's just the way it is, right? And they love that stuff. They eat it up. Do you ever know anyone who has gotten, like, the PlayStation? It's like 8 million tickets or something, right? It's ridiculous. Re to redeem or redemption means to purchase. See, way back at the beginning, Adam, the very first man, sinned. And when Adam sinned, he gave his spiritual well-being or his soul, you could say, to Satan. 
And when he did that, man fell and was separated from God. And so when man fell and man was separated from God, God immediately began a plan to redeem mankind. That plan walked all the way through the scripture. And if you want to know, like, the, the cliff note version, is that still, I don't think that's even relevant anymore. I asked my, my freshman daughter um, if she knew what cliff notes was, and she had no idea. And I'm like, oh, well, let me tell you, because cliff notes are the greatest thing that has ever been on the face of the earth. If you want the cliff note version or maybe even an older reference, the Reader's Digest version of what the Bible is, Man fell and was separated from God. God devised a plan to get man back. And that was through Jesus who died on the cross for you and I and rose again. And now man can have relationship with God. So you turn to any page in the Bible. And if you want to know a secret to studying the Bible, look for Jesus. Every single page of the Bible, look for Jesus. Because every page is either Jesus talking or talking about Jesus coming or talking about what Jesus did. Every page of the Bible. Look for Jesus. He's the very center of the story. He's the hero. Jesus. And so God began this plan to redeem mankind. Now the reason why we see this in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, it says the wages or the consequence or the price for sin is death. The wages of sin is death. And so to make sure we're all on the same playing field in here, is there anyone in here, and I don't normally ask you to raise your hand, but I'm going to ask you on this one. Is there anybody in here that you've never committed one sin? Never in your life, you've never committed. Raise your hand, stand up, and be bold, all right? If there's ever been crickets in a church, it should be right now, right? Because every single one of us, in fact, the Scripture tells us in Romans 8 that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. One translation said of God, God's glorious standard. Every one of us have sinned and fallen short of what that standard is. And if we've done that, then what we had to pay in order for us to be in that sin, which we didn't really have a choice, we, we sinned. And so when we had to pay up, it was our life. It was our life. And so this is what God did. God devised a plan where he would send his only son into the world to buy us back. How did he buy us back? With his blood. That's what it costs. It cost his blood. You know, all over, and I don't know if you saw it all over uh, social media feeds yesterday, and I, I could be getting these details wrong. This is what happens when I talk about something that I didn't properly vet. But um, all over the news was, um, was the, the artist Little Nas, right, that, and I, did I get that right, that um, came out with a Nike shoe that contains a drop of human blood in the soul. And it's, and I don't remember what it's called, but it's like an ode to Satan. And I looked this up to make sure that it was at least, at least factual, not just something that was there. But it's, I mean, it's all over from a lot of very factual sources. Um, what I could not, um, what I could not confirm is that whether it was a custom shoe that he did or whether it was something that Nike is sanctioning. So I'm definitely not saying don't buy. I mean, so, I mean, anyway. Um, but I started thinking about that just this morning. I read this stuff yesterday, and I started thinking about it this morning. I thought, man, having, having this, this item on your, on your body that contains a drop of human blood, that's, that's kind of weird, if nothing else, right? I mean, it's... But then I started thinking, you know what? What a perversion. What a perversion. Because every single day, the scripture says, I am always carrying about the blood of the dying Lord Jesus so that the life of Jesus is manifested in me. Is it the physical blood of Jesus? It's not. But his blood purchased me. And today, I stand in the righteousness of God as 
holy, as just, as blameless, because I have been transformed by the blood of Jesus that he shed for me on the cross. And so get it all over my shoes, get it all over my clothes, wash me in the blood, drown me in the blood, because the blood of Jesus is my everything. The blood of Jesus is the life that sustains me. The blood of Jesus is what carries me. The blood of Jesus is my security, because it ensures that my tomorrow is going to be better than my today. It ensures that no matter what I face, I know that I have freedom today, and it's because I walk in the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 6. We're going to read the whole thing. Not the whole thing, but verse 20. I referenced it a minute ago. This is in the Amplified Bible. And so if, you, if you're following along on your phone or, or stone tablets or whatever you brought today, um, it may not read exactly like yours does. But it says here, When you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. Because you had no desire to conform to the will of God. So what did it benefit you? Did you get that time from the things of which you are now ashamed? What benefit did you have? When you were not conforming to the will of God, when you were without God, when you were lost, when you were broken, you were free from the righteous standard of God because you didn't have any desire. But he says here, so what benefit did it get you at that time from the things that you're now ashamed? Do we ever look back and say, man, when I was lost in my sin, I sure am proud of the way I behaved. Do we ever look back and we say, man, I, I, I think that maybe the top five proud moments in my life is when I hurt this person because of my brokenness? Maybe, maybe, maybe it was that one time when, when I was out late and I was trying to drink my sorrows away. And then I ended up getting behind that wheel. Maybe, maybe it was when I pushed myself away from my kids because I was hurting so bad on the inside that I just didn't know what to do. See, we never look back at those things and we say, man, those were proud moments in my life. What did it profit you? Those things that maybe you're now ashamed of. In the brackets, it says none exclamation point didn't profit you anything for the outcome of those things is death but then it says but now since you have been set free I want you to say I've been set free I want you to say it one more time like you really really mean it say I've been set free see now since you have been set free from sin and have become willing slaves to God. See, I love that the Amplified Bible interjects that word willing. Because a lot of times we think following God is something that's a duty that we have to perform. But in fact, even one of the core values here at Word of Life is that being a Christian is not a duty to be performed, but it's a relationship to be enjoyed. See, being set free from sin, and we have become willing slaves to God. You have your benefit resulting in sanctification, which means being made holy and set apart for God's purpose. And the outcome of this is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God... That is his remarkable, his overwhelming gift of grace to believers is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? Hallelujah. See, through the shed blood of Jesus, we have the overwhelming gift of God that is upon us, and that's his grace rests on me. 
that I didn't get what I deserved. But now I stand free. And because I stand free, because I've been transformed, I'm saying today that I am a servant of God. I am a willing servant of God. In light of everything that he's done for me, how can I do anything else? In light of everything that God has done for me, how can I do anything else? Romans chapter 3, verse 21. See, the blood of Jesus, it washed away your sins, and it purchased you. It redeemed you. It purchased you. Romans 3, 21, it says, But now the righteousness of God, apart from the law, is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ, to all who believe. For there is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You know, in our society today, we like to label things. We like to point out and say, well, well, this person is worse than this person because of the things that they've done, and a lot of that is just perception anyway. But we view this person as, as secondary, or they've done really bad things, or on the flip side, we've got your regular Christians and we've got your good Christians, right? Well, they're a good Christian. Well, what's a regular? I don't know. I, they're an exceptional Christian. We like to label things. We like to have tears. We like to compare ourselves and compare one another. Paul says here, but there's no difference because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And then it says being justified freely. Justified means approved. Being approved freely by his grace through the, again, this word, redemption, through the purchase, through the buying it says, being justified freely through his grace and the redemption that is in Christ, whom God set forth as the propitiation by his blood. Now that word, propitiation, it's this big, like, churchy word. But that word, propitiation, it means the sacrifice. Propitiation means the atonement or this is the price that had to be paid through the propitiation by his blood it says this is to demonstrate his righteousness because in God's forbearance he has passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness. I'll tell you what this means in a minute. And then he goes on and says that he might be the just, that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. So what he's saying here is before the crucifixion, we have all of these people that have lived before the crucifixion, before the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Were they just without hope? Because they had sinned too. What happens to those guys? Are they just doomed to hell because they still had to pay the price to, uh, of sin in their life? But it says God in his forbearance... God is a just God. And so it says that God passed over their sin. God looked at their heart. You know, when, when I was little, I always thought this, and maybe some of you have thought the same thing. If I'm sinning, when that trumpet sounds and Jesus comes back, there is no hope for you. Right? Man, if I, it, it was this fear that was in us. I better not be committing a sin whenever I hear that trumpet. Because I don't have time to ask for forgiveness then. I don't believe that's a just God. I believe that God is concerned with the intent of our heart. And yes, we're all going to fall short. 
We're all going to have situations in our life and circumstances. We're all going to, to have things in our life that, that come up or we don't react properly. But is your heart following hard after God? Have you been recreated in the image of God? See, for the person that is the Christian, for the person that is righteous, that sin is a blip. It's not who you are. You've been recreated into the image of God. The Bible says that you have been baptized into his death, and you have been baptized into his resurrection. That word baptized, it means forever changed. You are forever changed. And so is my heart following after God? See, God is a just God, and it says so right here. It says God in his forbearance passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. So where is the boasting? It is excluded. By what law? By of works? No, but by the law of faith. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. And we're going to talk about the law here in just a minute. It says, we conclude that a man is justified apart from the deeds of the law. Apart from the deeds of the law. See, there was a standard that we had to live up to, and this is the law. And if we didn't keep the law, then the wages or the price of that is death. And that's what we were all judged by. Well, Jesus was judged by that same law. But Jesus never committed a sin. That's why the cross is so important. Because Jesus never committed a sin, but he said, I'm going to pay the price for your transgressions. And he took on himself my sin and my pain and my suffering. And he said, it is finished. And that meant that everything that it took to bring me to a place where I was at peace with God, that means the sin that was separating me is no longer separating me anymore because the gap is closed. The veil that separated us and God has been torn. And today I stand righteous, not in myself. I cannot boast about that. I stand today in Christ, free, whole, righteous. I'm going to tell this story, and I talked about it a, a few weeks ago. We're going to bring out some things that we didn't bring out then. This is the story of, of Lazarus, and if you have your, your phone with you or your Bible with you, or Bible app or whatever it is, follow along with me on this. I'm going to read out of the New King James, and I'm not going to read tons and tons of Scripture today, but I just want you to see some of these things. It's Luke chapter 11 and verse 17. That's where we're going to start. Luke eleven, seventeen. 17. This is the story of Lazarus, and we see that Lazarus was Jesus' dear friend. In fact, when Jesus found out Lazarus died, Jesus was so overcome with emotion that the Scripture in John's Gospel felt it so important to say that Jesus wept. In fact, this was always our favorite scripture. If you grew up in a Christian home and you had to write scripture when you were in trouble, you always wanted to write Jesus wept because two words, shortest scripture in the Bible. Jesus wept. Can I pick my scripture? No, you cannot pick your scripture. John 11, verse 17 says, So when Jesus came, he found out that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away, and many of the Jews had joined the woman around Mary and Martha to comfort them concerning their brother. And Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, she went out and she met him, but Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus what we say so many times when something happens that didn't go our way. Lord, if you would have been there, my brother would not have died. How many times do we say something similar? God, where are you at? I was working and working and working as hard as I could, and when cuts came, I still got laid off. God, where were you at? 
How many times do we turn and we begin to blame God for things that it seems like are dying in our life? Martha looks at Jesus and she runs to him like she's excited and she says, where were you? If you were there, he wouldn't have died. Where were you at? So Jesus says to her, I'm sorry, let me back up. Verse 21, it says, but Martha said, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. But she goes on, and this is very, very important. Because I believe this, that God is not insecure. And if we have frustrations, we should be able to go to him as a friend, as a father, and air our frustrations. But don't leave it open-ended. Martha aired her frustrations. And then she said this. She said, but even now, I know whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Even now. Even though you should have been here. And if I felt, like, I felt like you left us. I felt like I was alone, but I know you have power. And so Jesus said, your brother will rise again. And Martha said, oh, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. But Jesus said something very important to her right here. He said, no, 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 I am the resurrection. She said, I know that he's going to rise again at the resurrection at the last day. He said, no, you're looking at the resurrection right here, right now. He was telling her what was getting ready to happen. And those places that seem dead in your life, and maybe you felt like you were abandoned, the resurrection is here in the house today. I believe the resurrection is here. He said, I am the resurrection and I am the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. He said, do you believe this? And she said, yes, I do. I believe that you're the Christ, the Son of God, who has come into the world. Let's fast forward. Let's go to verse number 33. It says, Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping, this is Mary, and the Jews came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come see. Verse 35, Jesus wept. And then the Jews said, see how he loved him so much? And some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also kept this man from dying? See, again, it's the criticism, right? It's the, you could have stopped this. You could have prevented this. But remember, he's the resurrection. And so verse 38, and Jesus again groaning in himself, he came to the tomb, and it was a cave, and the stone lay against it. And Jesus said, take away the stone. I told you we were going to come back to the law, because I want you to see this right here. When Jesus walked up, and he saw that there was something that was not living anymore. There was a place in this family that had died. It was no longer existing it was dead and it was buried. And any time in the scripture that we see uh, the word stone used, it's a type of the law. And so as I read the scripture, if I see it talking about a stone, I start looking and say, well, what's this saying about the law? Well, when you had a place that was dead in your life, what the law did was it just covered it up and buried it. It made sure that that thing was not going to come out at all. There was no hope for it. Whenever the law got a hold of your sin, you were condemned for it. And you're not coming back from that. And so Jesus walked up and he said, where'd you lay him? They say, man, he's in this grave over here and there's a big old stone in the way. He says, move the stone. Move the stone. 
What he says to us is that law that is weighing you down, that makes you feel condemned for the sin that you've committed, that makes you feel like your dreams and your hopes and your future and your calling are dead and buried in the grave. Jesus is saying today, no, 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 move the stone. Move the stone. Because you are not judged according to the law any longer. But today, you are judged by the redemption of Jesus on the cross. That's your judge. So move the stone. I like what they said to him here. He said, take away the stone. And Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said to Jesus, Lord, by this time, there's a stench He's been dead for four days. How many know that sometimes when you come out of the grave, that old you smells a little bit? Some of those old things, they smell a little bit. Sometimes because of the smell, we don't really want to deal with it. Sometimes you don't want to go in there. But as it's coming out of the grave, you begin to deal with those things. I want you to look and see what Jesus did here. It says, verse 40, Jesus said to her, Did I not say that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? I love that right there. Didn't I tell you I'm the resurrection? Don't be surprised at what's getting ready to happen. Because I already told you that I'm the resurrection. Don't be surprised if you come back from that thing you thought you were never going to come back from. Because I'm the resurrection. It says, and then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying, and Jesus lifted up his eyes. He gave glory to God. He said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people that are standing by, I said this, that they might believe that you sent me. All those haters, all those people were like, well, bro, if you would have just been here. He says, oh, you hear me always hear me but I'm saying this for their benefit watch this it says he cried with a loud voice Lazarus come forth and he who had died came out bound hand and foot in grave clothes and his face was wrapped with a cloth and Jesus said unto them loose him and let him go the second definition of the word redemption is to loose, to make free, to break the chains off of. I want to see something. I want you to see something very important right here. Because as Lazarus came out of the grave, he was resurrected, but he still had the grave clothes on. He was resurrected. But he still had those clothes on. See, Jesus said, man, I, I bought this life. I bought this life with my blood. And so when we call on the name of Jesus, it's because we've been purchased. We've been redeemed because the cross means redemption. So the cross means I was purchased. But the cross doesn't just mean that I was purchased. The cross also means that I've been loosened and I've been set free. Lazarus came out of the grave resurrected, but he still had chains on him. And Jesus says, no, nah, I, I, I bought that too. I bought that too. And so loose him and let him go. Let, let, me, give you, let me give you an example. Chris, will you come up here? So for the purposes of today, um, this, isn't, this isn't Chris. And I know that you all are going to look at it. You're going to say, it is Chris. I can see him. He's Chris. But he's not... He's not Chris, all right? So did you know that the number one most popular name so far in 2021 is Liam? Did you know that? Liam. So this is Liam right here. Popular dude, Liam. What's up, Liam? It's nice to meet you. I'm glad you're here today. Liam, did you know? <laughs> Liam, did, did you know that Jesus Christ came and he died for you? He washed away your sins. And through his blood, you have redemption. So I see that you've got a box here with sin, right? 
And so if you call on Jesus, and I'm going to take that sin, I'm going to get rid of it for you because we don't need that sin any longer because it's not a part of you anymore. Isn't that good news? You want to call on Jesus today? I'm going to take this sin. It's not yours anymore. I'm just going to get rid of that sin. All right? That's it. No, hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't, I see you have more boxes. See, you were in the grave, and now you've been resurrected, but now you're holding on to some more things. Let's do this one right here. Hurt. I see that you have hurt. I see that you have hurt in your life because of things that you've gone through. I see that, that, that you have hurt in your life because your father that was supposed to be a father figure to you, that was supposed to lead you, that was supposed to be there for you, he walked out on you when you were so little. I see that you have hurt in your life, but I bought that too. Not just your resurrection, but that's gone too because I bought that too. And Liam, I see that you have rejection here because you've worked and you've worked and you're consistently passed up for that promotion over and over and over again and you're rejected at every turn, but I bought that. I bought your rejection and I'm getting rid of your rejection today. I see that you have depression and I see that... You began taking pills because you had a back problem, but now you use it to mask your emotional pain, and you're addicted to those, and that depression comes on you over and over again, and you can't, dude, I, I bought that. I got rid of it. We don't need that anymore. What else you got over here? I see bitterness that you have because your uncle, <laughs> he hurts you, man. It was somebody that you trusted. It was somebody that was everything to you. Man, I see that he introduced you to a world of sexual perversion at a really young age. I see that you have fought and battled with that every day of your life, and you have bitterness stored up. But I'm here to tell you that I bought this, and you're free from it. It's on the receipt, and you don't need that anymore because you're redeemed from that. What else you got? Brokenness. I see you got brokenness because you were with that girl for a long time. I see that you thought that you were going to spend the rest of your life with that girl, but that girl broke it off, and you don't even know what you did wrong, and you are so broken. Give me that. We don't need that anymore. What else you got? We still got some boxes here. We've got guilt right here, that guilt that you're holding on to. Man, you try to be a good dad, Right? You try to be a good husband, right? But the stress is just so overwhelming. I mean, we're hitting you, right? That stress is just so overwhelming that sometimes you take out your frustration on your wife. You take it out on your kids. That guilt, I bought that. This is mine now. It's not yours anymore. It's mine because I bought it. What else? What else? I see that you got addiction here. I see that you got addiction that you just can't break free from that you feel like you're lost in it forever, that you're without hope. I bought this, and I'm getting rid of it because you don't need it anymore. I see that you've been living in the past, and you're letting your past failures dictate who you are today. But I bought your past. I bought your present. I bought your future. God has a plan for you that is designed for your good that will take you into a place where you walk on those things that used to hold you back. I take this, and I'm going to let it go. Loose him and let him go. You've been redeemed, bro. You've been redeemed. Hallelujah. You've been redeemed. You don't have to hold on to any of that stuff anymore. It's not you. Because, yeah, I've been resurrected. But sometimes we drag all of our crap with us into our resurrection. But that wasn't enough for Jesus. He said, loose him and let him go. Loose him and let him go. And today, I believe there's some people that need to be loosed and let go today. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. You can sit out and play. Yeah, you're good, man. Chris, I didn't even see you here. We had this guy Liam up here for a little while. Yeah. Oh, you missed him? You were in the bathroom? I see. Yeah. He was a pretty good-looking dude. Yeah, much better looking than you. Yeah. Praise God. We can have the worship team come up. Guys, I believe today the resurrection is yours. And I believe resurrection is yours because 
of the shed blood of Jesus. Today, you stand blameless because you've been purchased. We said it before, but the simple message of salvation is this, that we were hopeless, we were a mess, and we needed help. And so God gave Jesus to us to be our sacrifice and to pay the price of sin for us. Jesus died on the cross for all of us and he rose again for all of us so that we could have life in him. And today, I want to give you the opportunity to receive Jesus into your life. The Bible tells us that today is a day of salvation. So today, if you're broken, you're hurting, you're lost, I'd like to pray a prayer with you. And I'd like to invite everybody that's in here to pray with us, with the people that are both in the room and with our friends and our family all over the world online today. See, a word of life, you don't pray alone because we're family. And you're about to make the best decision that you've ever made in your life. So I'm going to ask everyone to pray this with us. Say, Jesus, I believe that you're God's son. I believe that you died for me. And I believe that you rose again. And today I ask you to come into my life to help me and to change me. I give my life to you. In Jesus' name. You said that for the very first time. You had never said it before. The Bible says you're a child of God. I want to ask you to do just one thing for me. If you drop us a line, maybe you're here in the house today. Just go online, send us a message, tell somebody before you leave, whatever it is. We want to know that you've joined the family of God today. If you'll go on our website, which is wolcarlsbad.com, you can click I Choose Jesus. There's going to be a video, <coughs> excuse me, there's going to be a video there that helps you on your walk with God, and there's uh, a book that you can download for free. You can also download the book I Choose Jesus on Kindle or Apple Books. It's a really easy and quick read. I want you to download that and let it help you on your walk with God. Second thing I'm going to ask today, this is a little bit different than, than what we normally do. We normally don't have, don't have people come up to the front. But today, if you're bound, maybe you've been resurrected, but you're still wearing some grave clothes. I believe that there's power today to be set free. So the way we're going to do this today, I'm not going to ask you any questions at all. I don't need to know your life story. I don't need to know your history. God knows your history. And he has a story that he's written for you. I can tell you this, that God knew that there would be brokenness in your story but he didn't leave you that way. That's not the ending. The ending today is your freedom. And so this is a new chapter. And so today, I just want you to be bold. I know it's hard, but I can promise you this, that you're not gonna have to spill your guts today. I just want you to be bold and say, I'm somebody that's hurt and I need a healer. If you're broken and you're hurting today, you got chains, I want to pray for you today. I want to invite you just to come up to the front. 
I believe there's people in this room. I believe there are people online too. And if you're online, I want you just to extend your hand out towards the screen that you're watching on today. If you're hurting today, just step out. I want to pray for you. Father God, I just pray for these. In the name of Jesus, loose them and let them go. In Jesus' name. God, that you're the restorer. God, you're the healer of the broken. And in the name of Jesus today, those grave clothes be gone. In the name of Jesus, those grave clothes be gone. In Jesus' name, loose them and let them go. These are the resurrected. These are those who have come out of the grave. No longer will chains be on you. But today, freedom is yours. In the name of Jesus. Today, freedom is yours. In the name of Jesus. Say that out of your mouth. Say, today, freedom is mine. In the name of Jesus. Say it again. Today, freedom is mine. In the name of Jesus. Now say this. Freedom is mine because I've been redeemed. Freedom is mine because I've been redeemed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I see a new level of freedom. that for these God that you help change the way they think because for so long I believe I'm speaking this prophetically it may not be for everyone that's up here but I believe it's for the majority for so long your thoughts your words have been consumed by your brokenness. You talked about your hurt. You thought it was just your lot in life. You thought it was just something that you had to go through and you were going to have to deal with, or maybe you thought it was your consequence. But today, power of God has set you free. And the scripture tells us that who the Son sets free is free indeed. I want everybody that's up here to look at me real quick. I believe the Spirit of the Lord is saying this, that it's reminding us that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And so if you want to continue in freedom, make sure that every moment is infused with the Spirit of the Lord. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's no chains. So what does that mean for you? It may mean changing some habits. I don't know. As you begin to walk in the things of the Spirit. Now, I'm not saying that 24-7, 365, you have to walk around with your Bible in one hand worship music on a headphone and your hand lifted up. But what I'm saying is that you're inviting God into every area of your life. See, whatever that chain is, whatever that thing is that's holding you back is an area of your life that you have not allowed God to be the healer. And so make the conscious effort to say, God, you are welcome to be the healer over this part of my life. believe that God is instructing us today. But where his spirit is, there is freedom. And so take solace in that today. Freedom is something that you walk out and it's really easy to go and to put that shackle back on. You may feel great today. But you may wake up in the morning and that hurt is just overwhelming. 
just being real with you. I don't want to paint a picture that's, that's unrealistic. But the thing is, when you feel like that, say, no, 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 God is the healer over this area of my life. And I want you to remember that you're not chained anymore. You're not in bondage anymore. From this day on, you are free. As Paul said, don't be entangled again because it's not Jesus that's entangling you. Allow him to reign and to rule. The last thing I'm going to say is that I'm praying for you. I don't know your story. I don't have to know. God knows it. And so I'm praying for you. I want to ask our church family, pray for these. Do me a favor and do not call and text them and ask, hey, I was just checking what we're praying for. That's not your business. But what our job is, is to stand with one another and to pray. To hold one another up because we're a family. So let's do that today. Love you guys so much. I'm so happy that you're set free today. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. I just feel an urge by the Holy Spirit today to extend this to those that you know are hurting. Maybe they aren't here today because they're hurting. I don't know. I want you to take a minute just as, as a church family and I want you to pray for somebody that you know is struggling today. Maybe you don't know what they're struggling with. Again, you don't have to know. It's not your business. We've used prayer lines way too often as an excuse to find out the gossip on somebody. We don't need that. God knows. Why do you need to know? They'd tell you if they wanted you to know. Let's take a minute and just pray for somebody that God's laying on your heart that's hurting today. Father God, we put on our intercessory caps today. And we pray for our friends and our family that are just going through a hard time. God, we may not know the details, and that's okay, because you know every detail, even the ones they haven't told anybody. By the urging of the Holy Spirit today, we pray for those. God, we lift you up. God, we bring encouragement to them so that they know they're not alone. But the one who's never lost is fighting for them. We give you thanks in the name of Jesus. Amen. And wow. What a good day in the house of God today, amen. Thank you once again for joining us today online. We value you and we wanna hear from you. If you made a decision for Christ today, you can select I Choose Jesus on our website and we've got a couple videos for you to watch so that you can get started on your walk with God. We've also got a free ebook that you can download right from our website called I Choose Jesus and I wanna encourage you to do that. Once again, thank you for joining us and remember that God is madly in love with you.